Welcome back to the Douglas Design District podcast. I am your host today, uh, Renee Dexler. I'm the executive director here at the Douglas Design District, and I typically um, am joined by Jason Villanueva, my co-host, and he is kind of out ill today. Um, So I have asked um, to... um, awesomely um, uh, capable people to join me as my co-host today. I've got Andrew Guff from over at Reverie Coffee Roasters hello. with us, hello. as well as Jordan Walker with Gretemann Group. Hello, hello. Yes, thank you for joining me today. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to, and I specifically wanted to um, have this podcast specifically because people have been hearing a lot about the business improvement district mm-hmm. that we're trying to create in the Douglas Design District. It's been in the news a lot. Um, if you're a business owner on the diff- uh, district, you've hoped Hopefully, definitely been hearing a lot about it. And there's a lot of information out there. Um, This is kind of an interesting process. It's a Kansas statute. There's all sorts of different kind of things, um, hoops that we have to jump through and processes that we have to make sure we're, we're doing. And we thought that it would be hopefully really helpful to sit down and talk about um, some of the, I guess, misinformation, confusion, even rumors, um, flat out rumors <laughs> that are circulating about the business improvement district as a kind of easy way for everybody to to kind of get that information and, and learn more about the business improvement district. So before we even launch into, so we're going to kind of do this thing where uh, uh, Jordan and Andy are going to start asking me some of these questions and we're going to kind of just talk about them. Um, But before we even launch into that, I just kind of want to um, talk a little bit about um, uh, both uh, Andy has Reverie Coffee Roasters that's going to be affected by the Business Improvement District, and Jordan works with Gretemann Group um, that's also you know affected as a street front property um, and a business on the district. Um, and so just kind of maybe a little bit of um, information on how um, you guys kind of originally got involved um, with learning more about the Business Improvement District and how you kind of see um, the the progress that's been made, I guess, um, with, with what we're doing. Take it away, Andy. Great. Hey, um, you know, so my involvement with the district has, uh, started out of curiosity and I looked at a group of people that were assembling to try to help everybody else out. And it took a little while. They reeled me in and all of a sudden I became semi-active. I'd say more so in some years than others, but by and large, um, I've always tried to figure out what I could get out of an organization and however much I put in was one of the, like determined how I got, you know, how much I got out. And so, sure. so when the bid process came along, I saw that as an opportunity to really enhance, like just, you know, kind of a shot of adrenaline into an already, you know, well-developed organization. Um, and so I first leaned in um, to listen to from the executive council's perspective for about a year. Mm-hmm. And I determined I was way too busy to participate <laughs> yes. and I'm not the smartest guy in the room. And so I feel like a lot of other people who had good visions and ideas really helped shape it to the next level. And for what, almost a year and a half, sure. I guess yeah. uh-huh. they thought about it. They asked a lot of questions and determined a really good plan. And I fully supported it from day one. And mm-hmm. I've tried to, to do my best, um, as, be as, as informed as I could be about the process and everything I've seen so far has done, I think a good job yeah. of representing what's in the best needs interest of like as many of the business owners as absolute possible. Sure. So that's sure. kind of been my involvement in 
I'm very excited to see something come along. I'm yeah. very excited at this point today. <laughs> yes. But I'm very nervous. No, I, I hear you. And I'm really glad that you brought up the point about this being a years long process because, I mean, we have been going back to um, even prior to me being on the board of the Douglas Design District, which is at least four or five years back, that this has kind of been something that's always been um, how do we cultivate this? How do we move forward? And a lot of it's been capacity and being able to do that. And we kind of grew a little bit of capacity. But um, we'll speak more to that in some of the questions. But I'm really glad that you brought up that sort of like timeline. So today, Jordan. Yeah, so I'm not a business owner in the district, but I do work in the district. And, you know, based on my role at the agency, um, by default as a digital director and someone who is constantly out networking um, for my professional life, my personal life starts to blend into that quite a bit. And it's it's amazing to me that I spend more of my waking hours in the Douglas Design District than I do at my own home. Sure. I mean, we live like just beyond Riverside and, you know, my husband, Adrian, who used to work for Andy at Reverie. Um, I love that guy. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> um, you know, we joke all the time that we should just buy a home over here because we're both here more mm -hmm. than than we are at home. But, you know, when I first started working at the agency almost five years ago, I was approached about maybe volunteering for the district. And when I had learned about, as you said, the years long process of we've been wanting streetscape projects for, mm -hmm. I don't know, decade now. Yep. Yep. We've been <laughs> wanting infrastructure changes. We've been wanting safety measures. I mean, when I've learned about all of these processes that we've been trying to move forward to make this quirky little district of ours even that much you know, more livable and a good space for businesses to grow and thrive. It really kind of amazed me that, um, we kept getting pushed to the the side for other initiatives in Wichita. And so when I was approached about volunteering and just helping with like programming and promotion and marketing, mm -hmm. I wanted to, um, for that fact, but also getting to know the small business owners in our district was something that really, it, it made me more passionate in my city than I was previously. And I'm a pretty big, I love Wichita yes. person. And so when it came down to the business improvement district, to me, it's kind of a no brainer. We have had an incredible network of volunteers now since the inception of the Douglas design district to get this neighborhood, um, where it is to get to build a community of business owners who really rally support for one another mm -hmm. and to get, you know, other people around Wichita understanding like this is a really cool stretch of Douglas right. and we are different than the other stretches of Douglas. And for good reason, like we have our own character and our own personality. Um, but you know, in order to continue that forward and get a lot of these other initiatives in place, we have to have a funding arm because the volunteer effort is just not sustainable. Right. And so I more so as a person who lives in this district more than I live <laughs> in my own home, I, I want to see this and I need to see this yeah. past. Totally fair. Totally fair. Well, thank you guys both for that perspective. I really appreciate that. I think that just lends as we get kind of moving in our, our conversations and background for everybody um, to kind of understand, you know, where we're all coming from from this. And for me specifically, um, I definitely um, want to um, utilize the voices of those who are living, working, playing here in the district um, as um, 
proponents of the district because, you know, that that's so much more powerful than anything I could say, honestly, you know, it's like, how do I, how do I mobilize? How do I utilize these voices and elevate them and make sure that they're being heard above what has turned out to be a pretty, you know, toxic kind of negativity um, regarding, regarding the district and some of the things we're doing. So with that, I think we launch into, like I said, we're just going to, um, I'm going to have um, Jordan and Andrew kind of start um, uh, broaching questions that we have actually heard people um, ask um, myself or, or um, Jordan or Andrew or some of our other um, board members and volunteers of the district so that we can kind of address them head on. So I think Andrew's yeah, starting with us off. Yeah. All right. So one concern has been an observation by a lot of people that this district has really developed organically and will probably continue to do so. So then the question really is, is why do we even need a business business improvement district anyways? I mean, right. what, what, what matters? <laughs> right. So um, I think Jordan addressed that a little bit. And even what she just said, I think that there is a misconception that um, some of the growth and um, the vibrancy and a lot of the development that we've been seeing in the district has been organic. I don't know that people fully understand. Um, and, and that's, I think, speaks to the fact that it has been an all-volunteer effort. So there's not this like promotion PR machine <laughs> behind it um, to kind of talk about what we've been doing. We've just kind of been quietly doing what we've been, we've been doing. And, and everyone's like, this is fantastic. You know, we love it down here. Um, and they don't understand um, that the murals that go up up. Um, we've got over 80 plus murals in the district. Those are done through the efforts of the Douglas Design District. Um, there's definitely people who, who don't realize that. Um, the queue line and the trolley that now travels the entire length of the Douglas Design District and then also goes the other um, direction um, through Old Town, um, downtown in Delano, um, was a major advocacy effort from the Douglas Design District in working with our businesses clear there at that corner of Oliver and um, Douglas to to run that way. Um, and then, you know, other efforts, the streetscape, um, just um, simple things, the bus shelters that are out there, our um, relationships with Bike Share ICT um, in the city and, and kind of, you know, constantly poking at them to remind them that we're here. Um, and so that we get, you know, the bike docks and um, some of those things down here. I think all of that um, absolutely can be placed um uh, as an accomplishment of the Douglas Design District and what the volunteers over years and years and years have done and begun to create to do, uh, and and they can take responsibility for that. But let's talk kind of, you know, to um, dive into that a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about how a lot of those efforts, so you mentioned, you know, like the bike share mm-hmm. and the bus stops and things like that and that partnership with the city in order for us to get those things, like volunteers have to show up to city council meetings. Mm-hmm. Volunteers have to call their city council members. We're calling, you know, the the team involved in master planning mm-hmm. at city transit and all of these things. And when you break it down, you know, the Douglas Design District has done an amazing job of growing organically. Mm-hmm. I mean, every person who has ever been involved in this organization should give themselves like a giant round of applause yes. because it is a lot of work. But let's also take into consideration that a lot, if not all, of these volunteers mm-hmm. are either business owners yes. within the district or volunteers like myself that have an incredible full-time job. Yes. 
and you're weaving this in in between working hours or you're you know trying to staff up so that you can break away to go to these meetings or you're trying to get the city council members into your business just to have these conversations Mm -hmm. that's why this business improvement district to me is so important because the volunteer leg that we have is actually dwindling. Right. And a lot of the business owners who started out, you know, for a long time in volunteering, they have to take a step back and, you know, pay attention to their businesses again. And when you're, when you run on a volunteer owned network, anybody who's ever managed volunteers or has ever volunteered for an organization, you know that you get to a point where you run your course. And, you know, if we're calling a spade a spade, I mean, Renee, you know that of me. I had to come (laughs) to you, you know, late last year and just say, I am so sorry, but I can't give the amount of hours that I have given to the Douglas Design District. I have other, you know, work efforts that I have to pay attention to and other, you know, organizations that I'm involved in. And, you know, it really hurts when you have to kind of make a decision like that, especially when you're so passionate about it and all of the business owners have become your friends and you feel like you're kind of letting them down a little bit. Um, And I definitely felt that way. I felt a major amount of guilt having to take a step back because of that. But that's why a business improvement district helps with that. Like Mm -hmm. we can't continue this rally support. We have to have an arm that's going to allow us to do less of that volunteer recruitment and then do more with the tools that we have so that we can do the programming, we can do the promotion, that we can get, Mm -hmm. you know, safer streets and clean streets and, you know, expanded transit and all of that stuff. That's what gets us there. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, We've been more competent uh, than um, we probably should have been because um, we've really... um, people I think take for granted just how much the volunteers have um, put into this. And that's actually, I was just thinking about the question originally about how this all developed organically. I must be real. This was very, very like a ton of work, very intentional. This was not an accidental occurrence that we've got to this point. And so it's like, I think the conception is the misconception maybe is that it has grown organically and it's like, no, this is very intentional. And a lot of people have benefited from this in past and current businesses and more will continue for, you know, hopefully many generations to come. Um, It's just, I think what we're affecting right now is the, I like to use it in my business. We call velocity, Mm -hmm. the speed at which it gets done and whatever it is, is what the the bid will help establish and, Mm -hmm. and it should, it will take into consideration all of the participants as many as possible. Mm -hmm. And I would, anybody who's a naysayer thinking, you know, about how it won't affect them. I would say, talk about what your needs are. Yeah. And, and that might be the first way to figure out if it's worth it or not, Mm -hmm. whether, you know, for a hundred bucks or if it's $500, I think that there is something in there for you. Right. Right. And you probably won't find a value any better. Yeah. Um, And we'll definitely speak to that a little bit more, but this kind of having, everybody has a voice in it then everybody's paying in, then everybody has the voice. And I think that that's super important mm -hmm. as well. So, yeah, well, let's, let's just call out one big misperception that has been floating around. And I've personally, um, heard this question, but Renee, how, how do you respond to those individuals who are going around and saying things like, you know, Renee is just really driving this effort because she's trying to create a job for herself. And especially after her own business failed in the Douglas design district, like why, why? Right, right. So yeah, so I am glad that we're addressing this head on because it's something that I honestly um, 
felt like was laughable on an early level. I thought maybe it was just like a couple of people in the, you know, dark corners of the internet, you know, having these conversations. Um, and then I had a Wichita Eagle um, reporter talk to me last week and, and basically was asking me a lot of questions about it. And he said, you know, this is what the opposition is saying. And so this is the accusation that they're very publicly, publicly making to a reporter. Um, and that's when I realized that, okay, this, this isn't cool. <laughs> um, I definitely, this is an easily verifiable um, sort of thing if you would come to me and ask questions or come to anybody working on the bid and ask questions um, that it's a false rumor um, specifically also because I've been saying um, I think even at the open house um, in October I was very specific about saying that whatever um, the staff position looks like or what it might be it's not going to be me um, so to, to kind of backtrack a little bit though um, first of all just the the idea that I could create a job um, uh, just on my own, like volition and will, like to do all of this, um, is is what I think was the most laughable to me because, um, as we've already talked about, this has been a years long effort, um, started prior to me even being on the board, um, and so being a part of moving this forward, um, I've definitely had. Um, a high level of participation in it. And certainly when I took over as executive director, you know, have had the highest <laughs> level of participation, but this wasn't something that was like my brainchild. <laughs> that I, like I do not take credit for that. I won't take credit for that. Um, this is, you know, again, volunteers and people um, well before me who really um, started this going. So, so to address that specifically, and then um, the second thing that, you know, just to be able to say is that um, I, um, you know, um, uh, master's degree. I have a lot of experience. Um, I'm not unemployable. <laughs> and so when my business failed, um, the, the world was kind of an oyster to me for a little bit because I really did have the opportunity to sort of recreate um, what I wanted to do in the future. And when this opportunity came up, I, I will tell you that, you know, it's not the most lucrative. I'm making half of my earning potential doing this. I don't have health insurance. Um, my business had failed. And so I've been paying off, you know, business debt. Um, but um, what the opportunity that it did afford me was to continue doing what, something that I'm very passionate about and that I didn't necessarily want to let go of. And, and so in those early conversations, the deal that I made with myself and the deal that I made with the, the board of the Douglas Design District and the deal that I made with my family would be that this would be short term, that I was going to see this process through, that um, we're hopefully going to be able to to create the district, um, hand something over to the board, say, here you go, this is yours, you know, take it and run with it. And my hope is, is that in the staff position that, you know, is created, that we get some really young and energetic, you know, newly graduated um, person um, who can can do just that, take it and run with it. So that's um, how it's always been from the beginning and how it continues to be is that I want to see this district succeed because I love the people here. I'm passionate about these business owners. I've enjoyed my volunteer efforts that I didn't want to let go of. And when the opportunity arose to get paid to do it, I said, you know what, I, I do want to do that. And and so that's, that's where we're at. Um, at the end of this year, I'll be done. Hopefully, there will be a position to hire into, and I will help train, and then I, I will be moving on. So you point out something that this has a sunset on it already, which indicates that this had, this has been known since the day you were hired. Right. Is it, can you speak to how 
you came to actually become the executive director because sure. I think a lot of people would just say, oh, that's hogwash. You're yeah. just saying that because that's what you know we want to hear. But yeah. you literally have a position that didn't exist prior to right. this process. Can you right. speak to the Community Foundation, their role in all yeah. this? Yeah, so that um, was, was a big part of it um, too is that – so back in August of 2018, um, the city council approved um, the committee to start researching the business improvement district. Um, and then nothing happened then for like – a long time <laughs> um, because we really just did not have the capacity like this is hasn't been done in Wichita before we were tr- kind of trying to figure out and when I say we I should say the board um, was tr- kind of trying to figure out um, what the next steps were and how to really facilitate this with volunteers um, but we had written a grant um, to the Wichita Community Foundation um, and um, it's the Knight Foundation fund that it's, it goes through. And the Knight Foundation was incredibly intrigued by the fact that there wasn't any business improvement districts in Wichita. Like that really surprised them. And they decided just kind of based on that alone and then based on our track record um, as the Douglas Design District and what we'd already done with minimum, you know, funding and on the shoestring budget and volunteers that they wanted to support our efforts. And so we got that um, funding from the Wichita Community Foundation to um, uh, basically fund the efforts for the Business Improvement District, and it was um, uh, in hiring in somebody to to lead the effort, and it just so happened that, um, you know, I did close my business in December, nothing was happening, um, and the board came to me and said, would you like to, you know, you're like the person to take this on. And, and, and that certainly was, um, just a really happy sort of coincidence. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for answering. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the bid itself and what exactly is for those, because it hasn't been done in Wichita before. Right. And this isn't something that really anyone has gone through or we don't have any local examples to really pull from. Talk about what this bid proposal is. Yeah. Um, we've heard, you know, that the proposal and the ordinance is a little vague. And then, of course, with that, it's, okay, we understand these, like, high levels of where these dollars may go. But mm-hmm. break down, what, what are we going to do with this funding? Yeah. So, um, and that's just been an interesting and sometimes aggravating um, and super, super um, just um, learning process, I think, for all of us, including, you know, planning at the city and and, um, our businesses and then the volunteers on the board um, is it's a Kansas statute. It was written, I want to say, in like 1981 that helps incorporate and create a business improvement district. Um, The closest thing that we have in Wichita is the SMID, which is the Self-Sustaining Metropolitan um, improvement um, district and that was created back in I think the late 90s early 2000s and so even that you know there's years of time between when when even that came about Um, so we really um, have just kind of been learning um, as we go and um, so the process the way it works is that the bid planning committee gets kind of assembled and like I said that happened in um, August of 2018 it wasn't until March of 2019 after I got hired and after we were able to kind of finally, you know, do do 
pull that together and get some facilitation going on that, that that um, planning committee started meeting. And that at that time, because we had no idea what this really was going to look like from the beginning, that was a um, businesses from all across the district, not just the street front properties, but down to Kellogg and up to Second Street, the full footprint of the district. And a bunch of different um, industries, um, retail, non-retail, um, those sorts of things. And we all sat down and through that process spoke with other bid operators in Kansas as well as throughout the Midwest. And really tried to get um, as much information as we possibly could and did as much research as we possibly could about the benefits of the bid, what um, successful bids were doing, how they were spending their money, what was you know going on with them. Um, as as well as, you know, how they were um, structured, you know, what that fee assessment looked like, how they actually, you know, assess their businesses. So it was this eight month long process of a lot of time in meetings. And I, you know, I keep saying, God bless that planning committee, because they really put a lot of time and effort and consideration into this. And that's something that I just don't think people understand enough is just the level of how they really took a look at this to try to create something that they thought would work. Um, and so fast forward, um, I could probably spend an hour talking about everything we learned and stuff, but fast forward, um, the decision was made um, that it was the street front properties, um, that we weren't going to complicate things, kind of starting off by trying to do retail versus non-retail. Um, we weren't going to try to um, uh, assess any of the periphery businesses at this point because we didn't feel like the, there was enough relationship there um, for them to see value. And a huge reason is because, um, you know, when you look at the street front, the majority are retail and then the minority falls into the non-retail. Whereas if you expand it out, then you have way majority non-retail when you include all of our periphery businesses. And so they were kind of going to end up subsidizing the majority of the bid. And it was like, well, that doesn't, you know, really make sense. Um, we, I don't think we can sell that um, for, for the value. And so really started looking at, okay, you know, if, if we're going to look at um, what this might look like. And, and we were specifically, honestly, looking at, um, there's a bid called Western Avenue in Oklahoma City that is all street front. There's several of them, but this one specifically kind of spoke to us because it also had the cultural um, personality with murals. Yeah, and it's funding. a really cool it's a area. Really cool area, and so and it is right off downtown as well. So it kind of had just the similarities that um, we talked to them quite a bit. Had conversations um, with that bid operator. Had conversations with those businesses to find out, you know, what they benefits and what they thought of it. And so all of that kind of came together um, to um, create a proposal. And that was what we needed. We had to come up with a proposal, a three-year budget, and kind of this loose idea of what this might look like, um, including the fee structure. And that's what we had to propose to city council to, to even move it forward past that, um, because that also included recommendations for an advisory board. Um, and so um, as we sat down, so typically the bid planning committee would just roll over as the advisory board, but we realized because we had some non 
um, street front property owners or business owners um, on that planning committee, we reconfigured our, our board to include some of them that were part of that process, but to also bring in others that were um, street front instead of on the periphery. Um, and we, you know, went to city council and had a two hour um, discussion about it. And I felt like that um, was a really great demonstration of just how passionate our businesses are about the district. Um, but also, um, was the next step that we had to go through. Like that's, that's how we continued to move forward. City council approved the ordinance, approved the advisory, um, board. And now at this point, that's the group that is sitting down and working on that contract of services. So when I hear businesses say, well, I really, you know, what are you spending the money on and what are the services? Unfortunately, because of the way this process works, that's what we're kind of meeting out right now in advisory board and really talking about um, what those services look like, how they're going to be accomplished, who's going to accomplish them. And so it's, you know, we're talking about a staff position, like how much percentage of the staff person's time and what are they, what objectives specifically are they going to be responsible for, um, as well as making sure that we're matching every single one of those items with a performance objective. So that or a performance measurement so that business owners can see this is where the money's going this is how it's um, gonna you know benefit me and then this is how you know they're gonna be able to show me that we're making progress on whatever. and it's gonna be up to the advisory board moving forward to really evaluate that person and how exactly. this how this money is being spent and you know weighing in on you know how well it's how well it's going, right? right? Like this isn't just going to be, here's a bucket of money. Now go right. spend it and let's see what happens. Yes. And I also think it's really important for businesses to know that even though the Douglas Design District is getting this contract and will be um, hiring that person and be responsible for the spending of this money, it is the advisory board that specifically that, you know, 50 to 60K that we think we're going to, you know, create that revenue with this assessment is, um, under the advisory board's sort of um, responsibility. And so that money gets spent as the advisory board has um, mapped out and that money is um, has to be answered to, to the businesses. And so um, it's not the Douglas Design District just making decisions about how that money gets spent. Um, it is the advisory board's responsibility. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so want to move on to yeah, another question. Absolutely. Um, there's so many different <laughs> weird things we've heard, and yes. it's in kind of in the spirit of this next one, the idea of diversity in our business, you know, design or how we how we're set up. There's a lot of confusion um, as to why a business might not be able to opt out and participate. Maybe they, I don't know, they they do something different than retail, and right. so they don't feel like they fit into this. Um, and so how do you address the first, I would say the needs or the, the design of the bid and how it can help businesses, mm -hmm. um, to gain benefit where maybe they can't see, but also what if they just at the end of the day, can't see the benefit, right? Why can't we opt out? Yeah. So, um, you know, that is the, I guess, um, sort of messiest part about all of this is that it is a mandatory assessment. Um, and so um, all of the businesses do, you know, get us assessed, um, whether they, they want to be assessed or not, or whether they see the value or not. What the philosophy I think behind it is is that you know all ships kind of rise with the tide um, sort of situation and so 
I think that there is a case to be made with any given business along the Douglas Design District, whether they be retail, whether they be you know some sort of non-retail office space, um, that they will receive benefit um, from the other businesses around them um, succeeding, from properties around them um, becoming um, you know vacant properties um, becoming um, reserved. That there is um, you know a lot of capacity there. Um, I think there's a lot of security concerns along the district, and as we continue to have more foot traffic and more walkability, um, people will see a, an, an organic. Um, uh, increase um, or an organic sort of um, uh, decrease in, in crime and property crimes. And so those are all things that as, as we're talking to businesses, just trying to help them understand that um, the overall goal of this is economic development um, for, for Wichita. And so that um, as a business, they are hopefully going to see um, an increase in um, uh, revenue. They are hopefully going to see if they own the property, increase in their property value. They're hopefully going to see just an you know economic boost from their the businesses around them. You know, um, succeeding. But on a more kind of higher level, that this is economic development for Wichita. And as we talk about Wichita and, and all of the things that you know are in the conversations right now about you know ten years stagnant economy, really struggling with attraction and retention of talent. Um, these are all things that the bid can address um, on on a higher level. Um, part of part of that is that those are intangible <laughs> benefits. It's you know sometimes hard to really um, show those, and, and some of that is you know three years down the road um, we will be looking to the city to um, start matching some of the the revenue funding, and so. Um, this first you know year, it is just going to be a small bucket of money. It's going to mostly pay for some you know staffing capacity and other things. Um, but as we kind of continue to invest in ourselves, or businesses invest in themselves, they are going to be able to leverage that investment um, to have the city to begin start investing. Um, things are going to start. Um, um, uh, having a staff person, you know, fundraising and grant writing efforts will increase. And so just leveraging that sort of like shared, you know, collaboration and that shared investment, um, is better than, than anything that, you know, like, uh, the Douglas design district has been able to do it until this point. Um, and so that's really where we're hoping, um, businesses to see, um, you know, if, and this is hard for me to say, but if a business does not see the benefit and um, they're not able to to get a protest, you know, up against it, that then they have to consider whether the Douglas Design District continues to be, you know, the place for them to run their business. Like, is this really, um, if I'm not seeing value in this, is this really where I belong? You know, one of the things that you hit on as maybe being an perceived intangible is that talent retention and acquisition and coming from a young professional's perspective working in a non-retail business where you know we're located on the second floor you can't even get in our building unless you're let in or you have a key so unless you look at the sign that's on the front door or know that Gretemann group is at 1425 East Douglas we don't have like a storefront and I can say with confidence that since the Douglas Design District has especially had a lot of um, 
has been making a lot of rain over the last few years. It has become a district that our young people want to work in. We've recruited since I've joined uh, the team. We've had several new team members join us. Mm -hmm. And the thing that we hear consistently that definitely plays into our culture as an agency is it's fantastic that we're literally a block away from a park where we can go and do our like lunch workouts down there. Mm -hmm. We love that we can leave the office at the end of the day and either go grab a bite to eat right across the street at like Piato or go across the park to Central Standard Brewing and continue to hang out with one another. I can't tell you how many times that we've had clients come and visit from out of state. Mm -hmm. You know, we we had a client actually come from Hollywood, California (laughs) to little old Wichita, Kansas. And after a day of collaboration and meetings, we took them right over to CSB Mm -hmm. just to kind of continue the conversation. And I have been asked multiple times now by this client, will you send me a crowler? Will Mm -hmm. you send me this new sticker? Can you buy me a t-shirt? They thought Wichita, like the only little bit of Wichita that they experienced was the Douglas Design District. And I heard from the business owner, as well as one of his staff members that was here with them, that they would pick up and move to Wichita in a heartbeat because Mm -hmm. of the Douglas Design District. So while we see that talent recruitment may be perceived as an intangible for those non-retail businesses, Mm -hmm. It is absolutely a benefit when our district is more desirable to work in and it gives us options for like quick lunches or, you know, hangouts or offsite meeting spaces that don't take you 20 to 30 minutes to get to Mm -hmm. that. Those are all great benefits. And if you are, you know, like a business like ours where you have a lot of out of town, you know, customers who come to visit you, you want them to see this part of Wichita Mm -hmm. because this is what they, this is what gives you that credibility of, wow, you are something. And so I I just kind of wanted to expand on that because we've seen that Mm -hmm. work really well for us. And it's because of all these so-called organic efforts that we've been seeing. And you guys are definitely not the only employers that we've heard that from. And we have a number of what I would consider non-retail employers who absolutely have invested in the district previously and want to continue to invest in the district because they see the value of that. Um, So I think that it's definitely there. Well, and and just to the point of the uh, talent retention or attracting new people to come to our community, you know, if, if, if we can't join together in a more formal way to build a stronger coalition of people and businesses and funding to, to do our part to help make Wichita like bring back its mojo that it lost a very long time ago, then what are we proposing to do alternatively? And I've not heard anything, exactly. especially from people I've had, you know, civil conversations with about this subject when we might have an opposing view. I've not heard anything that would suggest that they have a, a better plan. And yeah. that's something I'm very challenged with. It's like, I'm going to go with a, a strategy that I think is going to be best, not just for my business, which it clearly will be good for my business and a lot of others. But I think that like overall, it's better for the entire city. And sometimes we just have to make a good decision and go with it. And like, to your point, if, if really the district isn't what's keeping you here, Mm -hmm. there may be a better place for you to do your business somewhere else. But I don't want to encourage people to leave. I think I would rather people to join because at the end of the day, there's a lot of people that have opposing viewpoints that have a lot of good ideas Yes, Mm -hmm. and we want them at the table. Absolutely. I, I, 
I can think of a couple of very specific examples where I felt like the district could have helped people if they had just asked sure. for help. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's okay. We'll figure this out if we yeah. keep moving forward. Yeah, so yeah. so um, as I'm looking at the time, I think that's like a perfect sort of kind of almost ending point. I know we haven't gotten through all the questions, but um, I think we answered um, quite a bit already. And then really specifically speaking to that point of um, – you know, the thing that I think I like the most about the business improvement district, and there's a lot of things I like about it, but, um, everything that we just talked about, um, the thing I think I like the most is that, you know, I get a lot of, um, you know, Douglas design district has been an organization for over 12 years and there has been, um, maybe just a little bit of resentment, I think at times, because there is this very active group of volunteers who's doing the work and because they're doing the work and because, you know, member businesses are, are investing money then they're making decisions like they're getting stuff done around here and there are businesses that have um, felt like they've been kind of left behind um, in in kind of everything that's happening and going on and that they don't have a voice at the table and they don't you know they're not involved and so for me I think this is just a very kind of natural way again um, to everybody has skin in the game now at this point. Um, and so everybody has a voice at the table. Everybody, you know, we have this advisory board that is going to be seeking feedback from our businesses and trying to get, but if you're paying the assessment fee, then we definitely hope that you're speaking up and saying, this is what I need. This is what I could use so that we can use that in determining, you know, overall then what's, you know, what is going to be the best benefit of our businesses. Because I guarantee if you're not speaking up or if you're only speaking up when you're against something, then we're not going to continue to improve. Um, and so that's something that's, I think, um, the most appealing to me about this is that it, it kind of creates this process where everybody is paying in. And so everybody has a voice. Um, and if you're not going to, um, participate or engage in, um, a positive way, um, then you're probably not going to, to see benefit in it. And that's, you know, too bad. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of potential there for, for us to see even more improvement and have more great ideas brought to the table because everybody's hopefully participating. I, I'm going to, I'm going to counter what you said and say yeah. that if I want to oppose everything and say, it's not good for my business, I'm still going to get benefit from the bid after the fact. And sure. I'm wondering at what point am I, if I'm an opposer, Mm-hmm. going to come back and say, okay, maybe you're right. I did <laughs> sure. because I do operate a retail or a unique business that mm-hmm. does see more foot traffic because more people are aware and they're, yeah. and I am getting invested in, oh my gosh, I should just jump on board. But I don't know. Some people just don't like to be yeah. made to do yeah. something. I hope that I'll, I'll have more engagements with people that will result in, Hey, I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I'll, as long as we as members don't, cast those people mm-hmm. that yeah. oppose like they need to know that we're here still as a team no matter yes. what whether they Absolutely. like the idea or not and right right and that's you know something that I think um kind of leads into the other important messaging is that this is something that you know Jordan brought up earlier but this comes under review every single mm-hmm. year so this isn't we put this in place and it's permanent and it never changes and um, it's always going to be there now that there's nothing you can do about that this comes up for review every single year every single year the businesses have the opportunity to really take a look at you know how the budget was spent um, where you know time and money was put 
um, and whether they want to tweak those things or whether they're they've you know they just don't see the value and it's done um, and so it can be disbanded um, every year and so our you know thing is what is the harm then of giving it a try like what would be the absolute worst possible thing that could happen if we gave it a shot um, a fairly low risk investment for most businesses, I would say, um, with the fee structure. And let's see where it leads. And then if we can give it, I would say probably three years. I think one year is not fair. <laughs> but if we can give it a little bit of time and then see where it lands, um, we hopefully you know, can kind of make a better assessment. But at this point in time, if we shut it down right now, we're never going to see. We're not going to know. And to the other point, um, in that what happens to the Douglas Design District then, um, if, if the Business Improvement District does not go through, um, we're going to have a shell of an organization who's kind of burnt out its volunteers that does not have the capacity to keep up with all of the things that are going on in the district and all of the needs of the business owners that just does not have that capacity. Um, and I don't, I don't really see a way forward after that you talk about the like why not mentality which I mean at the root of it that's been our mentality since day one is sure. like, well what what would it hurt if we created a Douglas design district right what would it hurt if we did this like mural thing yeah. and we brought you know color to this side mm-hmm. of Douglas what would it hurt if we decided mm-hmm. to start a podcast and tell everybody about all of the other things that are happening around the district and yeah. I think you know, one of the most special things that the Douglas Design District has that I think we can hang our hat on that other districts don't really fully have here in Wichita is that we have such a selfless mentality of the business owners who have been involved in this throughout the 12 years in existence. It's never been about one business or mm-hmm. one, you know, sector of an industry right. growing here. It's been about, hey, we see things moving and shaking in downtown and Old Town and Delano, but we are the east side entrance to downtown Wichita and we need to step our game up. Right. And guess what? We have a lot of creative people over here and we have a lot of really cool business and entrepreneurs over here. We have a lot of really funky architecture over here. Like why not take advantage of it? Um, and so, you know, as someone who has volunteered and, and seen a lot of the people working very hard to this, I think we also have to kind of take a step back. Those that are for and against at the root of it. We all just want what's best for the businesses and Mm -hmm. for the district. And I have a lot of trust in this advisory group. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of trust in all the business owners in this district who are going to step up and say, this is what my needs are. This is what Mm -hmm. I need to succeed. And, you know, if we're, if all of our voices need to be brought to the table, we have to keep that in mind that we haven't done anything malicious or with, you know, an intent to ruin someone else in all of this. Why not mentality? It's always been about progress. And that's like, this is just the next natural step that we have to take. Absolutely. Agreed. 
So I think um, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. I really thank you both for being here. I think this has been a great conversation. I could talk about the business movement district all day, every day. I have been um, for the last couple of weeks, but it is, like I said, something that I, I do believe in um, because I believe in the businesses in the district and because I believe in Wichita. And I think that I have this little um, thing in my head um, with James Chong came um, several years ago and reported kind of on the progress. And he kept saying, um, what is different than, you know, our sister cities when we kind of make these comparisons? And he made this comment that he hears everyone else that, you know, I built my business here, so I'm going to invest here. And he says, you don't hear that in Wichita. You're just not hearing that a lot in Wichita. And that kind of continues to ring in my head is that why isn't Wichita investing in ourselves? Like, why are we not um, putting that money into ourselves and, and watching that grow? And so Hallelujah. <laughs> this has been, you know, part of that process is really helping me understand and talking to businesses like what is it that's so scary about this investment in ourselves um, so that we can maybe get to the other side of that, that uncomfortableness with the change or whatever that looks like um, so that we can continue to move forward because that is exactly what Wichita needs to continue to move forward is that investment in ourselves. And the business improvement district literally is that. Like this is a pool of money that gets spent back in the district that's part of providing um, services and marketing and, and things for our businesses to continue to create a better um, wish off for everybody. Um, so with that, any other last words that you guys want to, to share? I guess just, I guess I want people to think about the conversation over the next few days yeah. and how they might be able to connect with somebody who hasn't made up their mind or is has thought about the possibility of voting against this or signing a petition maybe there's a pathway there is a pathway actually to be able to mm -hmm. to like rescind a signature you may have placed because we yes. did such a great job of presenting a case for right. for, for the information the good information that we have but also um, I'm just you know I'm, I'm, I'd like to make sure that everybody was reached and touched and talked to by somebody mm -hmm. who who can share as much enthusiasm about this process in our love for the district as as we all have today so yeah Absolutely. And so that kind of with that, you know, just making sure if you are listening to this, you are a business owner or property owner, you know, in the Douglas Design District that you know that you can access um, all sorts of information on the website at ddwichita.com and then it's business-improvement-district um, or you can go under the about tab and it says business improvement district um, and then also just kind of putting it out there that we are kind of um, at this point in time nearing the end of a deadline for a protest, uh, protest period we know there there is a protest petition going around out there and um, really just asking businesses to consider all of the information before making a decision that there is another protest period available in August um, and so we would love for people to um, wait until the contract and services come out to be presented and then we can you know kind of move forward from there um, we have been getting reports that people maybe um, have been feeling intimidated or bullied about um, signing a protest petition and so please reach out if you would like to rescind your signature either be for that reason or because we were able to maybe change your mind about um, moving forward with this um, we will submit those um, rescind forms along with um, uh, 
uh, or on the same date as the protest petition might be filed so that all of that is um, kind of uh, copacetic and hopefully helps us um, at this point continue to move forward. Um, we are not done with this yet, um, but it does allow us to keep um, asking questions, talking to people, having conversations with our businesses so we can maybe create something um, really amazing out of all of this. And with that, I will say good night, y'all. Good night. Good night.